0: Can you hear me? Oh. Can you hear? Ah, there we are. Excellent. I'm I'm a bit on and off. All right. Am I replaced? Oh, okay. Okay. Let's let's give this a go. All right. So um, we've got a few things happening in the life of our church. I'm on and off. Right. Don't, don't turn my head. Don't turn my head. Just just walk like a robot. Okay. Okay. All right. If that happens again, I'll uh, change it. So we've got a few things happening in the life of our church. Uh, always around food, isn't it? with us. <laughs> and uh, Luca, my son, sitting in the front row, he heard the young adults thing, and he goes, Dad, can I? I'm young, and one day I will be an adult. I'm like, no, you can't go. Um, you know, and this thing happens, and he's like, Dad, we need a meds group. I'm like, you'd still be too young. <laughs> but all these food things happening, and my kids just want, Anyway, anyway. I'll use this. Let's turn this on. Excellent. We're gonna continue our series uh this morning. Uh and what, what's it called? Anybody? Home. Home. I've I've been enjoying uh sharing this message with you guys. And uh before we get into it, I I wanna I wanna mention a couple of things. Um we We're going to start our advanced course, so if you are interested in theology and leadership, we're going to be starting it in in April, actually. So can you uh, just take a photo of that? Message me. So it's once a week, um, and we're going to cover theology and leadership. Um, I'm summarizing the whole um, internship material And uh, so, you know, it's just going to be a hard hit, and uh, hopefully you get something out of it, and then you might want to be doing the internship to get the whole course next year. But this is just a taste of leadership and theology. If you're curious, take a photo of that. Text me. Let me know. Uh, We'll be starting in April, and uh, we'll just be doing it uh, once a month. And uh, you will probably do it about eight or so times over the year. And uh, hopefully there'll be some growth there. Let's, uh, before we get into the word, let's pray. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you, Father, that uh, your word is powerful and effective. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us as orphans, that you have given us your spirit to lead us into all truth. And so we look to you this morning to be transformed in heart, to be transformed in mind. I pray, God, that you would give me the words that you would have me say. Enlighten my understanding so that all of us, including myself, may be different after this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said... Amen, amen. We're going to continue our series called Home. And this is really a home uh, away from home series. Heaven is our home, amen? Amen. Heaven is our home, and earth is our home away from home. And so for Christians, it's our job to bring heaven to Right. So we've been going through this series, and this is what our church is about. The church The whole church is a representation of heaven on earth. We ought to be ushering in heaven on earth. And so we've been looking at our culture, and we have a, um, a slide to come up, and that's our vision, find God, find friends, find purpose. And we've been going through the culture, look up, putting God first, leaning in, coming in together as a community. And today we're going to be talking about reaching out reaching out going beyond ourselves and what God requires of his people. We're going to read our main scripture from this morning is Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 to 46. So that's Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 we're going to start at and it's a very well-known passage of scripture. If you've been in church for a little while, you probably would have heard this parable that Jesus gives. But we're going to read it now. And it says this, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. This is talking about the judgment at the end of days. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep From the goats. He will put the sheep on his right. You guys are the sheep. And guess who you guys are? You're not the goats, okay. Well, you're the sheep as well. The goats are over there, okay? I want to get everyone on side. So let's put it this way the sheep and the goats, okay? (laughs) Done. Then the king will say to those on his right, come. and I lost my place. (laughs) I'm going to read from here. Then He will say to those on His list, depart from Me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave Me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave Me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite Me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe Me. I was sick in prison, and you did not look after Me. They will also answer, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick in prison, and did not help you? He, rep- he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I don't know about you, but when I read something like that, I am really challenged. Whenever we hear something like this, we should kind of just sit up and look at ourselves, shouldn't we? I was telling some people, like, Bethany and I, we we heard some tough news this week about, you know, a moral failing in a a particular pastor, someone that we would look up to as, uh, well, yeah, someone we would look up to. And every time, and in our ministry, we've seen this happen again and again, and every time that happens, Bethany and I, even though we feel we're very strong in who we are called to be in our marriage and so on, we look at, we, we, we just stop and we go, Shouldn't, sh- sh- maybe we should look at ourselves again, just to make sure. And I think when we read something in Scripture that is as jarring as this, we need to stop and go, God? How does this apply to my life? Where am I? Where am I? Am I displaying the characteristics of what you expect of your people? Now, when you, when you look at this, what is the main point that you get? Now, if your main takeaway from this is that I need to feed more people and I need to, uh, you know, help naked people be clothed, and I need to go and help sick people, and if that's the main point, now that's, that's valuable, and certainly if there are people in your life that are in need. You should be doing that, but I think there's a bigger, a greater point over here that Jesus is putting forward, and it's this, that there is a fundamental difference In the way followers of Jesus are meant to see people. There is a difference. In fact, there is such a big difference that he will separate, it's separatable at in on judgment day. That the people that follow Jesus, there is a compassion, there is a concern in their lifestyle about the well-being of the people around them. People that follow Jesus these people in this parable, they didn't actually even see it as a spiritual thing that they were doing. They said, Lord, when did we serve you? When did we give you something? When did we feed you? And Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these. So they didn't actually see that their lifestyle was particularly spiritual. They were just overflowing in concern for the people around them. And this was the fruit of following Jesus. And this is really challenges me, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it ch- does it challenge you? And so I want to explore this. I want to have, uh, expound a few ideas um, uh, before, uh, with you, and then we'll go into some real practical application of what it looks like to love our neighbor, to care for people, to usher in heaven into earth in a real practical way okay so so uh, the 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 first thing that I, idea i want to talk about is the mentality of us 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 you know us as in you me and then us anyone seen that great movie invictus can i can, no one a cu- couple couple of us it's a fantastic movie and i encourage you to go watch it i haven't seen it for a long time actually and um after, after today, I'm like, maybe I'll watch it today. And um, it's, it's about Nelson Mandela becoming, uh, uh, being elected into office. And the movie is really centered around rugby, uh, the, particularly the 95 World Cup rugby tournament. And I know there are some Springbok fans in the house. Yeah, yeah settle down, settle down, Stop. I I was waiting for everyone to get rowdy, or the South Africans at least. And so, this movie centers around, and I checked it, I did do some research, and it's true, Um, this this is what happened. Nelson Mandela used, uh, you know, he came into power, and there was a wide rift in the country, obviously between the blacks and and the whites and so on, And, and, and... you know, there were some calls and pressure to change the, uh, the name and so on. But instead of using this as retribution, he used this as an opportunity from what I can understand and what is portrayed in the movie and from what I've read to bring the people together around a game, as momentary as that may be, all right? Because when you are in a big stadium of people, all right, and you've got your colors on, and you're supporting that one team, the idea of those people, and these people, and that group, and that group goes away, and all of a sudden, it's all of us against the world. Are you with me? When you have someone, when you have a common goal and a common purpose, and that person that was one of them then becomes one of us, all of a sudden, we start to see people in a different light. Because if they're one of us, it's very hard to hate someone that is one of us. It's very hard to see them, in, in, in fact, there's com- camaraderie that comes as one of us. Are you with me? Is, is that making sense? But when we see them as one of them, one of those other people that were different, it's, it's easier to dehumanize them or demonize people as someone different and becomes us and them. And they, there is a divide. You get what I'm talking about, right? Now I want you to uh, to say the Lord's prayer with me. You're like, how's this related? Just wait. All right, all right. You, you, you ready? Okay. If you don't know it, it's cool. It's cool. I'm gonna. I think we have the scripture. We're gonna bring it. So, but we're gonna do the old King James version. You know, that art here. Yeah. Okay, everyone knows that. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give. Stop, stop, stop. Hold on. Give who? You notice it doesn't say give me. Okay, let's go to the next one. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're going to stop there. Do you notice that there is an us in this Have you noticed that before This journey that we're on is not just about me When it affects you it's a matter of time before it affects me I work in Taiwan I'm, if, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm bivocational, so I work half the week as an engineer, and I work half the week as a pastor. And I, I work in Tawong now, and as I, uh, it, it's, it's terrible driving to Tawong through the back streets, okay? So I go Indrapilly Bridge, if you know that way, and I'm sitting in traffic, all right? And it's the back streets of Brisbane because I don't want to go on the highway. I, I just I've had enough of the highway. Uh, I, I'm now working to Wong. I'm going go to go the back streets and uh, that's it's a new job, right? So I used to work in the Brisbane CBD and I want to go in the back streets and um, when you're there, it's like, it's like arteries of people, right? side streets, everyone trying to get across this tiny like two-lane bridge onto the other side of the river. And there are people you know, you know when you're going forward and someone else is trying to come in from the side and then, like, you're inching forward and they're inching forward and someone's got to stop at some point in time, you know? And, um, and you know, and sometimes it can get really annoying. It's like, I let three people through already. You know, why? <laughs> <sighs> and, you know, it can get... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, whether I go before him or he goes before me, it's not going to make that much difference because we're all in this together. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of all our fault. We're all there at exactly the same time. We should all left 45 minutes early. Then we wouldn't hit peak hour traffic. But we all chose to sleep in, and we're all there, and it's all our fault that it's all backed up. We're all in this together. And it's a matter of time if we don't have enough bread to eat. Or if someone else doesn't have enough bread to eat. It's a matter of time before that impacts us. And so the question is, is how do we see this circle around us? For some of us, the circle is very close. It's me, myself, and I. We're going to take care of us. <laughs> for some of us, it's a little bit wider. It's me and my family. For some of us, it's a little bit family and friends. And for some of us, it's just our church. But all other churches, they're no good. It's just us. We're going to take care Some of us, you know, it's it's, it's, it's our people, our nationality, our... We draw different lines around us and them. And this really can bring a lot of division and does bring a lot of division in our world. And one of the characteristics of a Christian is that we take responsibility for the people around us. It's not just me. God provide for me. God provide for us. Give us. It's, it's, it's not just me. Me. I'm surviving. I'm doing well. I'm taking, care of my, I'm taking care of my family. How about the rest of us? Do we see them as one of us? Or is it them? There are a bunch of industries in our world that actually exploit human Nature. I asked ChatGPT <laughs> about industries that is, exploit human tendencies towards addiction, okay? And this is what it came up with. Tobacco industry, alcohol industry, gambling industry, pharmaceutical industry, fast food industry. They don't exploit me. I, I'm volunteer. <laughs> no, <laughs> sad but true. Um, fast uh, sorry fast we already said that social media and technology gaming pornography now not everyone in those industries all right and some of them certainly but not everyone in all those industries are exploiting but you could see i mean anyone taking a panadol lately you know that's a good thing you know they're taking care of us as well but there are some people who who live a life that actually it does not matter what happens to anyone else if they can if i can use them to get something for myself, I'm going to live that way. There's whole industries that are based on this. Unethical practices. Let's let's leech on the addictive behavior of gamblers so that we can get rich. Christians don't work that way. We're meant to be on the right side. Where If we're going to be involved in something, it's actually good for all of us. And in fact, we want to go a step further that if there are people that are struggling from the other side, that maybe that we could help out. And traditionally, Christians, again from chat, JPT, have... um, have been involved in great organizations, some of the biggest ones that, that, that were, and there's a big list, I'm not going to read all of them, World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, Compassion International, uh, International, Salvation Army, World Relief, and there's so many more that have derived themselves from a Christian belief system, including the UN, the Red Cross, and so on. What is this? Is, it's this thing within us that says, hold on, I don't need to just take care of myself. I have a responsibility for those people that are also around me. I need to care about those people at my workplace. I actually need to care about my physical neighbors and not just what's good for me. I actually need to care about those people in my church and not just come and, and say, hey, hey, how can I get the best out of it? Even in my family, sometimes in, in our families, it can become you versus me, them versus us, you and I. But when we take a different mentality and say, No, we're all in this together, God, when we pray, give us today our daily bread. We're living in a different perspective. We're living in an us mentality. Are you with me this morning? An us mentality. Now, what is expected for us? You know, some people will look at the scripture like this and go, man, is this even possible? Does God expect me to sell everything I have and give everything and and take care of the poor? Is it like, let's not be hyperbolic. Because when we get hyperbolic, what happens is, it's like, well, I can't do that. I need, I got to, you know, I I want things I want to do with my life. And then you just ignore parts of scripture. It's like, no, that's not, no, let's not be hyperbolic. Let's look at it in context. So I want to deal with this hyperbolic thinking, like, oh, does God expect us to to, to give away everything that we have? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, it says this, If I give all I possess to the poor and give my, my body to hardship that I may boast... We don't have it up. It's all right. I'm going to read that again. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Are you with me? Paul is addressing this issue of like, hey, what is, what, is, what is the point here is a hard attitude. It's a hard, it's how do I see people rather than what do I need to do to get the favor of God? One of the most dangerous things that we could do is look at a passage of Scripture like this and go, if I feed more people, God will accept me. If I clothe more people, if I sacrifice more, then I will be led into the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that the gospel is this, that you are accepted, loved, pulled into the kingdom of heaven because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and nothing that you do. That's the good news. That's the gospel. But if you've experienced that grace, you've experienced that love, you've experienced someone giving so much to you, will that not overflow in our lifestyle? Will that not overflow in love to people? And so I want to just get really, really practical. How does it look to practically love someone, take personal responsibility to make the world a better place? Because we're talking today about reaching out, about bringing heaven to earth, about widening our perspective of who is one of us. I'm going to say the first one is this, seeking the mutual well-being of everyone you come into contact with. The mutual well-being. You know, in business, you could try and squeeze every cent out of the person that you're doing business with. And they won't like you. <laughs> or you could come to an agreement where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm getting what I want out of this. You're getting what you want. Of- it's actually fair. I worked for a boss who, told, who used to deal with... Um, contractors, and he'd sign off invoices for hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for big, big, uh, a big contractor, a big oil and gas company. And he said to me, one of my ways that I lived out my Christianity is that I would be fair to these contractors. Like if they came to me and they, they had a good reason as to why they needed to overspend, rather than like really going, no, I'm not going to pay that, and making myself look better to my bosses, I actually did what was fair. it's an element of love, of of mutual well-being. I'm not going to make myself look better at your expense. I'm not going to make myself rich at your expense because us, it matters that we are doing well. It's the perspective that a Christian, even in personal relationships, friendships, there's got to be a a give and take. It's got to be about us. When it goes one way, we have a problem. This could save someone's marriage. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, it says, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. For who loves his wife loves himself. Right? They're not going him and her. It's like you're together. And if you love yourself, you're going to love your wife. You're going. To lo- you get what I mean? You're on the same team here. What is best for us? Don't make decisions about what's best for me. It's what is best for us together. Church. Us. We're not just here to consume. We're here to take care of one another. There was a note that I had on my um, my notes this morning and I didn't touch on. I wanted to ask all our people, as we see new people coming through the door, um, and we have a fair few. Can I encourage you to take that step to go and introduce yourself. Say hello. Make them feel at home. I mean, we could, we could just stay around the people that we know and hang around and enjoy that conversation or we can go, hold on, let's expand the circle of us and welcome people in. Make them feel welcome. The mutual benefit for everybody. Secondly, let's acknowledge our common human worth. This is making the circle really big. (laughs) Going throughout the world, going, you know, those people may be very different to us. They may even believe in a different thing that is so opposing to our belief system. But apparently, Jesus died for them as well. Now, there will be a time of judgment, there will be a time where God separates one from the other, but that's God's right, not ours. And sometimes, even in Christian circles, I'm starting to see, especially with with controversial topics like, like, you know, Israel and um, Palestine or Ukraine and Russia and like, guys, these are all people made, all of them in the image of God. Look, should we not have a concern of, for all people? God loves these people. Acknowledge that. Our, acknowledge the the common human word. Number three, be kind. Do you know kindness is a spiritual uh, fruit? One of the fruit of the spirits in, uh, in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. There it is. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, and kindness. Kindness. It's like, if you love people or, you know, love your neighbor, as Jesus has told us to, and uh, you're not a nice person, there's something gone wrong. <laughs> Just to be nice, to be kind, to be embracing, to be welcoming. This is something that is Christian. This is something that God requires of us. Number four, to seek friendship. You know, I'm all for evangelism, and ultimately I believe that Jesus is the answer for the entire world. Amen? Anybody? Jesus, the good news of the gospel, is the answer for the world. However, sometimes if we come across people, uh, uh, you uh, you probably have come across if if you've been in church for a little while, they can seem a little um, like a salesman. Like we're trying to win someone from them over to us. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes people are ready to hear the gospel and other times they're not but we are always called to build relationship and seek the mutual benefit of everyone that we come come in contact with amen i was um i was preparing this message as i was driving you know on, on, on Friday, actually, it was, you know, I had my notes and I was just going through it in my head and I parked my car, I got out of my car and I was walking and I saw a colleague of mine walking and we were going to intersect at exactly the same point in time. This is a colleague that I talk to often uh, because we park around the same area and coming back from work and stuff like that. But right now, I was practicing my message and I didn't want to talk to him because I was, I was on a roll. You know, I was like getting into it and I was putting it all together in my head. And I'm like, and so I'm like, no, I'm just going to, and I'm like, I'm, I'm preaching a message about friendship to people and, um, you know, widening the circle of us and being kind and building relationships and reaching out. And here is a colleague that I just don't want to talk to right now because I'm busy. And so I'm like, no, 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 I've got to practice what I'm preaching. So I'm like, you know, I just, I, I kept my constant pace up. And sure enough, we intersected and we had a chat and it was nothing spiritual. It was all about the industry, the engineering industry. And we talked for about 10 minutes on our way to work. But that is an opportunity here to build relationship, to seek his well-being as well as mine. It's a part of reaching out. It's a part of who God has called us to be. Let's, let's make this practical. Let's make this useful. That, because at the end of the day, Jesus says there is a natural, there's a natural perspective of Christians that will be completely different than those who are not following God. And it will be very apparent on the day of judgment in terms of how we've lived our life, whether we are people of God reaching out, caring for our world, caring for all of humanity, seeking the well-being of everyone, or we're just really seeking the well-being of me, myself, and I. As we end to today, this morning, I want to finish off with the gospel. I've already touched on this. If we go through this message and we get the perspective that I need to do this more, I need to do that more, I need to do that more. There's a good chance that we've misunderstood what the gospel is. The gospel is that we could not have done anything to rescue and save ourselves. Nothing. We were in so much debt. Jesus says another parable. He, he, he talks about a servant that went to his master. And he owed, he owed his master a hundred silver coins. No, a thousand gold coins. <laughs> a lot of gold coins. <laughs> That's my point. He owed his master a lot and he couldn't pay him. And the master said, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm going to forgive your debt. Go. And then the same servant went out and he found another servant that owned him a 100 silver coins. And he said to the servant, you need to pay me. I'm going to send you to jail until I'm going to get my money. Now the master found out that after he'd forgiven him a 1,000 gold coins, that he wouldn't forgive his debtor or creditor of a hundred silver coins what would the master do to the servant that is a picture of grace we've been forgiven we've been we've been set free we've been given everything we've been given an inheritance the least we could do is to bring that freedom to the world around us and seeking there are people that are trapped in their addictions They're trapped in their fears. They're trapped in their relationships. And we are in contact with them. Let's not make it bigger than what it needs to be. It's not a big deal. It's me just caring for you. It's me just being able to get out of my comfort zone of my day-to-day routine, of me really caring about me and actually thinking about what might be good for you. Can we challenge ourselves with that? Maybe you're here, and I don't want to take it for granted that all of us know what it means to follow Jesus. But maybe you're here and you're saying, I've realized that I want to follow Jesus. I want to make a decision to follow Him. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a second. As I do that, could you bow your head, close your eyes. Maybe God is speaking to you about something about what He's calling you, about how you live your life, about how you interact with church, about how you interact with your colleagues, about how you interact on social media, about how you think about certain global issues. We are called to be the light. We're called to be the salt. We're called to influence in policy. Some of us are actually writing policy. That's your job. Awesome. Let the Spirit of God flow through you so that you can care and love for the people who reach out. Those who are saying, I've never experienced the forgiveness of Jesus, but I want to walk in it. I want to come to him. I want to say, yeah, I'm in need of you. I'm going to ask you to do one thing in just a second. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it down, and we're going to just pray right where you are. That's who you're saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Why don't you just put your hand up right now and put it down. Is there anyone here? Thank you, God. Can I get the music team up? We're going we're gonna to finish up with a song.